1: Welcome to the Seahawks Man-to-Man Podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Duggar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the Tweet Machine. You guys know where to follow me, M-I-K-E-D-U-G-A-R. Also, shout out to all of our listeners, our subscribers on YouTube. Uh, Seahawks Man, the number two man on YouTube. Shout out to y'all. I uh, appreciate you. We're coming back this week. got you guys. We're going to make it happen uh, with our YouTube exclusive. I got gotcha. you. Uh, Chris, talk
2: to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206 and that's Kid 206 And also, shout out to all the some of the Chargers fans that decided to subscribe to our podcast. We got a couple of me- messages on Twitter saying, oh, we enjoyed the show. So we hope you are sticking around for this one, even though the Chargers lost. But <laughs> thanks again for definitely subscribing to the channel. We appreciate all the love and support that we're getting. Yeah. Uh, shout
1: out to Daniel Popper, man. He was a good, great guest, man. He just, he knows his stuff. So um, that was a, that was a great episode, man. That was one of my favorite guest previews that we had, but this is our post game um, yeah. and we, we were all wrong. We meaning me, you and Daniel, we all picked the charges. Um, and I, I, I know why I picked the Chargers, but like I, I felt a little different when I woke up Sunday, I was just like, man, the Chargers cannot run the ball on these guys. And if they can't run the ball on these guys, Herbert's gonna die back there, man. He's playing with bad ribs and yada yada yada. So Seahawks get the big win, thirty-seven to twenty-three. Chris, that's a that's back-to-back double-digit wins uh, for for this team. Uh, a big road win against a good team uh, and the Chargers. They had Keenan Allen back. They had Eckler. They had Mike Will. You know they're missing a few dudes, um, but they that's a good Chargers team, man. At home and the Seahawks really just beat the hell out of them on the uh you know on their on their home field and like as soon as you get this was a this was a real they felt this one man like soon as I, soon as the locker room opens uh D- uh daryl taylor's in there like it, what i can't remember the song but the song is like uh, the hook of it is like walk in your trap and take over your trap uh i can't remember what song that is top top of my head but it is blasting and they felt like yo we came in here and beat them up and as much as these guys, and I wrote about this after the game, as much as these guys want to tell us, man, we don't care about the outside noise. You know, even Pete Carroll was like, man, I'm not telling our guys about what the expectations are outside the building. We want to care about inside the building. No, 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 no. That shit matters to them. That matters to them. You know, Daryl Taylor, after the game, he told me, it was like, I was like, the Seahawks aren't to be messed with, huh? He was like, nah, man, we are a team. We we've been a team not to be messed with. You know, so we just had to figure it out. Like we knew we was like this. It just had to come together. And you know, when Ryan Neal said after the game, he was like, let's be honest. Nobody thought we were gonna be shit. And here we are, showing people that, you know, like uh you guys, you guys were wrong. And there's something to that, that like chip on your shoulder type of type of mindset, whether they want to acknowledge it or not, uh, at least in the moment, they care. They care that people think that they weren't gonna be good, that they were gonna be a five-win team, a six-win team, or or whatever, what they're four and three now and first place. Um, that's pretty crazy, Chris. Like through seven weeks they're alone in first place. Now the Rams didn't play this week, but who's the best team in the NFC West? <laughs> you know, is it is it the Seahawks at at this point? The Niners? I didn't watch their game. Apparently, Mahomes went video game on them, but like, cause it really might. If this is not a fluke, the run game, the defense, Geno, um, who threw some, <laughs> some interceptable balls today for the first time, but if this is not a fluke, well, this Daryl Taylor might be right. These these guys might not be a team to be messed with um, because they can get it done on both sides of the ball, uh, and like they're they're serious. Like the Seahawks are serious.
2: The one thing I hinted on last week after the Seahawks game, was consistency. I need to see consistency, and that's two straight weeks now where they got it out the mud. (laughs) Last week, more so on the defense. Offensively, things weren't hitting on all cylinders, but Sunday against the Chargers, it was both sides of the football. Yes, they started off rocky with an interception. Could have been a pass interference. You can argue that. Either way, ball got tipped, but you know what the defense did? The defense didn't break. They knew they're in a tough position, ultimately probably going to give up three. Instead, they force a turnover on downs. And you know what the Seahawks do? They actually respond. They go down, and they score a touchdown. Those are things that say, okay, that's a little adversity there. You're pinned defensively. and you're In my head, I was thinking, okay, they're probably going to give up three at worst. And what do the defense do? They hunker down. Al Woods, who's been playing great all season, does what Al Woods does, stuffs the run, forces a turnover on downs, and I think that was the igni- the that ignited the team right there. And they figured, yeah, we could definitely beat this team without question. I don't care if it's Mike Williams over there, Keenan Allen, Gerald Everett, whatever the case may be, we got our team and we can do this. And Geno Smith was front and center and leading that charge to beat this team. And I thought, again, both sides of the football looked really good. Of course, we can, there are a couple of mentor errors, mentor errors here and there, but overall, I liked what I saw from the Seahawks from an overall standpoint, I thought Daryl Taylor, he, you, you mentioned it maybe week two of the season. You were saying he's probably going to turn around. I, I don't see him struggling the whole season. And here we are back to back games where he's getting straight strip sacks. That's what you want to see. Hopefully we can get him destroying a quarterback and take him to the ground. But overall get another strip sack, picking it up, ran it back for a few yards. That's the Daryl Taylor. Everyone was hoping to see week one. It took a little time, but here we are now in week seven and the defense has figured it out. The offense is still playing really good. Or I would just say good. Kenneth Walker seems like he is a stud clock, 22 miles per hour quarter next gen on that run for 74 yards for a touchdown. O line. I didn't hear Khalil Mack doing much today. I wonder why that is a Lucas and Charles cross are some dogs, man. <laughs> the Seahawks a plus on drafting those two dudes. and, I don't, I'm looking at the schedule. The only two, the only player that I'm thinking might give him some issues is Aaron Donald. And he gives everybody issues. But outside of that, I'm really thinking these two dudes are they're a problem. And I wanted to look earlier. I forgot to do it. I wanted to find some audio, see if Khalil Mack or any of those defensive ends had anything to say about going up against those rookies because they played a hell of a game on Sunday. And again, overall, I just enjoyed watching that game. It was fun. Defense was lighting it up turnovers. Tariq Bowen had make it, made a couple of plays, diving over players, not batting passes down. Ryan Nil with the interception. You just felt it. And you said when you were down there, you you know you were thinking about man, this. I feel some energy here. And you were right. We were all wrong to see us come out here and I uh, almost said San Diego and California and get a huge win over, as you mentioned, a pretty good football team and they just made it tough on them.
1: Yeah, I think a few things um really stood out. I think the first is that the reason I woke up on Sunday and was like, "Man, I don't think the Chargers can run the ball on these guys," and I, I really think that was important. What did the running backs have today? I want to say the running backs for the Chargers had like 30 yards, uh, something, something, something disgustingly bad. Like, uh, like Throughout I think Kent, game, no,
2: 53 yards total. That,
1: well, hold on, let me just only look at running backs though. So I think the running backs only had 31 yards. I'm pretty mm. sure. Uh, outside take of the out, rambles take from out herbert's herbert ran for 22 so yeah so i was like if that holds then okay then it's just pass rush time i was like all right they got a backup left tackle and then herbert's got bad ribs i was like man if they could stop the run there's something here like i just kind of woke up thinking about that and then it just came to life and then i was asking um uh, I asked Greg Bell, it's a coma paper. Like I mentioned on the show before we sit next to each other on road games, um, assigned seats is what it is. But uh, I, I always ask him for the game. I was like, "Who you got today? And he was like, I got the charges. And he was like, I don't think they'll." he was like, I don't think they'll be able to stop these guys. And I was like, they will, if they get turnovers. Uh, and then what do you know? You, you start off with, you get the pick, the strips act, the, the turnover on downs, which is in effect a turnover. I think turnover. they had two of those. Yeah. The way they're getting those, on defense is really important because it's it's not fluky. They are getting off the ball better up front. And because they are doing that, they're getting into these third and longs. And the dime package that we saw from last season that turned around their third down defense is back. The dime package has the six defensive backs. You so you basically pull Cody off the Cody Barton off the field. You pull your nose tackles off the field. You bring in Josh Jones You let Ryan Neal basically be whatever the hell Ryan Neal wants to be, linebacker, safety, pass rusher. He can do it all. You let him be whatever. You put your four best linemen on the field for rushing purposes, so that's usually DT, Daryl Taylor, Shelby Harris, Quentin Jefferson, and then Uchenna uh, Nwosu. And then you can just do anything. They've played cover three on those snaps. They've played cover one on those snaps. They've played uh, – I don't think they've done any cover zero on those snaps, but they've played cover six on those snaps. They've just done a little bit of everything – and because they've done everything, it's hard to game plan for.
2: Mm. And
1: you can see, like, the Chargers had very few answers um, for some of their third down stuff. What were the Chargers today on third downs? Five,
2: five or 15.
1: Five or 15. There you go. There there it is right there. Like, I thought, because of what they were able to do on early downs, which, I, I again, I woke up like, man, they, the Chargers don't run the ball that well. Like, Eckler is great, but they just doesn't, like, run it super well. Uh, I was like, Eckler's great, doesn't run it well. These guys can stop it. And the change that they made against Arizona, I think Quentin Jefferson talked about it last week and he explained it a little bit more to me after the game today. Is instead of doing that, like traditional three four stuff is like the D linemen stand up their linemen, their offensive linemen at the line of scrimmage, and then they kind of move them and read, all right, which gap, boom, boom, boom. You're kind of one, you're playing a gap and then a gap and a half too. So you don't just have like the B or the A or whatever, right? So now what they're kind of doing is, you see you'll see the nose tackle do that a little bit, actually a lot of it. But then you'll see the other guys like, I don't know, I got this, I see this, I can shoot this, I can beat this guy, I can shed this block right off. I can be aggressive, I can go at the 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 point of attack instead of waiting, reading and reacting. And yeah. they did it, they did it versus Arizona. And then Arizona has some backup linemen in there on an already uh, an offensive line that already ain't great. Um, so you never really know, you know, when you see just one example of it. Then they did it again. There's some backup linemen for the Chargers as well. Um, But, like, when you just see guys coming off the ball with good technique, power getting in the backfield, like, uh, that is sustainable, you know. Um, I don't think they just kick every O-line's ass every week. they are going to be better O-lines that they play. Hell, next week, Giants are probably um, a better offensive line than than they face in in some of these other weeks. But that part in particular, just being able to get off the ball. I I take it back to our, our show with Ted Wynn, you know, two weeks ago. He was like, they're just getting their ass kicked up front. Once you're doing that, ain't no defense you can run. Three four four three, you can make up a cover or a scheme. It don't really matter. Um, they've changed. They've they've changed that. They've let their guys get more aggressive up front. Shelby, Q, Puna, like Puna's a new dude now. You know, yeah. he's, he's making plays every game now. Man, you know? passes so, down. He's everywhere. Yeah. Run stops him and Miles. You know, Boye is really strong against the run, man. Like Bruce Irvin had a run stop in there today. I think like. There were so many like, it's everybody. It's just like their past. they have nine sacks in two weeks. They had like eight through the Poor first coming five. In. Games. <laughs> it was ugly. They had like seven or eight on the year through the first five games, something like that. And now they have they have like nine in the past two weeks. Um, like that's come on, that that some of the they're not going to get that many sacks every week, but. You just look at how they're getting they're getting that because there were so many third longs today, bro. They was third and 10, third and nine, third and fourteen, third and whatever. There was so many of those because they were kicking their ass on the early downs. And if you do that, that was the that's the change. Because if you get you get run on, you can't stop nobody.
2: Yeah, you just it opens you just up can't. everything else.
1: Yeah. And then so there's that scheme change. And then you can kind of just tell. I was talking to Jordan Brooks about this today. He was like, We and he mentioned it last week too. He was like, Yeah, we. It's some scheme change stuff, but part of it is we just had to look ourselves in the mirror after week five, man. And I think Ryan Neal talked about it on the podium, too. It's like we are just give, we are giving up too many points. We just we're not gonna win no games. Like this is unacceptable. They looked at each other and said, Look, man, what happened in week four and five and shit? That's unacceptable. We can't we can't play like that anymore. Everybody needs to just be accountable. Let's call each other out, let's do whatever we gotta do. So, like, and that's important. You know, like Jordan, I didn't run this quote, but Jordan was like, you, you get hit in the mouth, mouth enough, you're eventually going to hit back. You know, and now they're hitting back. So on D, that was been really uh, encouraging. And I think that's there's some sustainability to that. You know, we were talking earlier before we press record. Chris, they're forcing punts. I mean, t- how many times is it? Let me look at this, I got it in front of me. One, two, three, four, five. At one point, the Chargers punted five times in a row. That's like, how you win games, baby. Turnovers are fantastic. And they, were, they scored 17 points off turnovers in, a, in, in essence, you know, to start the game, which is fantastic. Particularly if you lose DK, who we don't know how long he'll be out. But turnovers, the way the ball bounces, a throw here, a catch there, a drop here, turnovers are really fluky. Like Gino's turnover today, fluky. Gino, Gino's worst two passes weren't the one that got picked. You know what I mean? Like he had two hit, hit Chargers guys in the hands, and then the one that gets popped in the air is the one that gets picked, right? That kind of shows you how fluky turnovers can be. Forcing punts, though, that's sustainable. That means you are doing good things. Um, you're not just getting lucky, quote unquote. So I think that there's sustainability to the defense. On offense, Chris, has there have they ever had two games in a row where they've won without DK or Tyler being their leading receiver?
2: I'd have to go back and look, but okay. it's not it don't happen often, if at all.
1: Yeah, that that is really that's really impressive and important. I think again, we don't know how long DK will be out. Right? I didn't. I didn't have. I haven't looked at a replay yet of how bad the uh, the fall was. Was it bad? It looked,
2: it looked as a regular play going okay. for a catch comes down. I didn't notice anything out of the ordinary until we saw him on the cart, and I thought he had to use the restroom again. And then the report came out that no, he has a knee injury. He's done for the game. It all looked normal. I didn't see anything bulging or he didn't get up. And I, I didn't see him hobble. I don't know if you saw that from your view, but Mm-mm. it didn't It didn't appear that anything was wrong. So it's, it's unfortunate. Hopefully it's not serious. And maybe he's just out for a week. But we'll know more as the, as the week go. As we get into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and the reports come out. I'm sure we'll have something probably tomorrow on Monday, that is. But it didn't look out of the like, ordinary, like, damn, something's wrong with DK. So it's unfortunate. We'll see what happens. So after the Arizona game where they combined for, I think it was
1: four catches for like 51 yards. 54 yards. It was like 51 or something like that. I looked it up. I was like, man, have they ever been held that low before? Um, And they have, I think it was against the Packers last year. And then I think in 2019 uh, as well, that DK and Tyler combined for like less than four catches in 51 yards. And they lost both of those games. And I was like, man, you know, the fact that they were able to win, against the Cardinals like that, that's really good. And then, um, they did it again. Obviously, DK, DK getting hurt factors into that. But what did Tyler have today?
2: He had seven so, catches for 45 yards. 45, now, some big
1: catches, some big third down ones in there. But uh, that's not a super impactful day. Like, I think they're leading they're leading wide receiver last was week. Marquise, was D. Oh,
2: yeah. D, last
1: yeah. week was D with 39 yards. And then today it was Marquise with only like 67. It's not like Marquise broke the, a world record today, you know? <laughs> but they're able to move. The ball, um still, and have a, a, high scoring, efficient, effective, offense. Chris, this is one of the best offenses in football.
2: <laughs> like people don't even realize that. We don't even realize that sometimes. We just get caught in the moment about the defense and offensively. Marquise Goodwin is catching fade balls. Like let's let's back up. Marquise Goodwin is Mike's height and runs a four three, and can jump out the gym. Yeah, ain't DK's he height. <laughs>
1: It, the, the Seahawks are – let me refresh this page. I'm pretty sure the Seahawks uh, are the fourth best scoring offense in the league. They are fifth at 26 points a game. And EPA per play, they are fourth behind the Chiefs, Bills, and the Raiders. Like, they are – this is one of the best offenses. Geno is playing like one of the best quarterbacks. Ken is suddenly – not suddenly – one of the best – Running backs in the in in the league now, like he's just a. This is why they drafted him. You know, he's a home run guy. He can score from anywhere. We like yeah, we any, that. anywhere, any, anywhere. That I, I was told that after the draft, like they was like, Chris Carson is excellent. Like he's, we love Chris to death. He he is Seahawk football. That's how we like to run the ball. These other two guys we have Rashad and and Ken. This is what I was told at the time. They can score from anywhere. We can have first and ten from the twenty-five, and we might score on a just a toss or a inside handoff or outside zone. And that was that's legit. We've seen it. Rashad's had big ones. Ken ha- Ken has a big one every week. It seems like like this is legitimately impressive how they're able. It's, it's a pick your poison offense. You know, I was talking with a player in the locker room after the game today. We were talking about the Chiefs' offense and why they're so scary. And part of why the Chiefs are so scary is you don't know who's about to kill you. Juju could kill you one week, and then next week it could be some other dude, and then the next week it could be Clyde edwards alaire and the next week it could be Marquez valdez scantling And you know what did Travis kill? He had four touchdowns or something like a couple weeks ago. Uh Like, and then what? McCole Hardman ran for two touchdowns today or something like that. Like, it, if you if you try to scheme one dude away, they'll find a way to get you with another guy, and that's what the Seahawks. I don't think they're at that level, but, but
2: they're doing it.
1: Yeah, it's the the potential is there, and I didn't think that. But that Chris of all the things that is kind of surprising me that I I didn't think this would be an offense that would be able to survive if DK got hurt or if those guys didn't have it on a particular day. Nah, man, like Marquise is winning some matchups. Uh, he also had some big catches last week. Gino just loves throwing to his tight ends, so you know, like there was a. Uh, I tweeted this too like when DK got hurt you can see the Seahawks leaning more on 12 personnel which is two tight yeah. ends yep. and then thir- 13 personnel which is um three tight ends three tight ends yeah and the beauty of that is you can still run it but Geno throws to those guys so well and they all can get open Noah should have caught that one on the um that ended up getting called back for a, a roughing I think but like they all can get open and catch the ball and Geno's so good throwing there like it really doesn't matter Anybody and, could lead the Seahawks in receiving any given week. And that is when you are a dangerous team. Like the Bills, you know Stephon Diggs or Gabe Davis is gonna kill. That's just kind of what it is. But with the Seahawks, you're like, shit, man, Kobe Parkinson could lead the team today, and that the Seahawks could still drop a 30 ball. That's that is uh that's really impressive. And it's not by accident, I don't think they're they've schemed it up that way where they know when. DK is going to be bracketed when the safety's going to roll to Tyler or whatever which is what happened on Marquise's second touchdown. They just kind of know when that's coming and went, come on man. If any if you if you got to pick your poison offense, that is when you are dangerous, not necessarily when you can only survive if two dudes go off, you know.
2: Yeah, it was and the thing about the tight ends, these tight ends are are huge. <laughs> Parkins is at 67. So when you're a linebacker or a corner, it's already Advantage Seahawks, especially if they do a rollout play action where Geno's on the move and he's able to just put it on the numbers for these guys or throw it up and high point it and these receivers can come down with it. For example, the touchdown that Kobe dropped earlier this year over the middle, he's probably making that catch now. Geno <laughs> throws him a or preseason, excuse me, over the preseason. Was it Drew Locke that threw it? Someone threw him a beautiful pass Nobody over the middle. The uh, no, it might have been against the Cowboys. It was a preseason game, if I'm not mistaken. He threw a dart over the middle. Kobe should have caught it. Regardless, you've seen the growth and how this offense is now using, prioritizing the Titans, as you mentioned. Personnel, they're just taking what the defense is giving. You want to come out with linebackers on our Titans? Cool. We're going to play action pass it, roll these guys out, and we're going to find them. Will Disley is continuing to do what he does. He's catching everything, making plays, moving the sticks. They're making impact plays, and that's what you want to see. And speaking of wide receiver-wise, You've always wanted someone that could be their third wide receiver. And it looks like Marquise Goodwin is that guy. Hell, he was the number one guy on Sunday against the Chargers, going up against a pretty good defense. And he was making it look very casual, as if he's done this before. He's healthy. You saw the speed. I think it was a screen to him. You, they did. They ran a screen, Mike, and it worked out.
1: No, it didn't. They got called for a
2: – Oh, it did. That's right.
1: They got called oh, for OPI. It go on, uh, on D. Um, That's right.
2: So cheesy. Yeah,
1: Yeah. no, nah, it's just...
2: <laughs> hey, you know what? It looked great until that point, but they are using everyone. That's the right. best part. It, they're, not, they're not relying on Ty Lockett and DK. Now, if they're playing well, I don't have a problem with them having a game where they go for 100 yards each. But on Sunday against the Chargers, it was spread out well evenly, and a player that no one probably expected to have the game that he did this season. And Marquis Goodwin, or, yeah, Goodwin, he steps up and does it. And that was great to see. And I didn't know they had a connection like that. Sure, in practice during training camp, or maybe even practice, Mike, you probably are seeing things and like, okay, maybe there's something there. But in training camp, I saw them throwing deep passes. I wasn't thinking, you know what, during the season, that's going to be vital. Marquis is going to take the top off of defenses with that. He's going to catch some touchdowns. He did it on Sunday, and it looked routine as if they've been waiting – to use it and they did, and it worked out in their favor. And that's only going to build confidence for Gino, who you can't tell Gino he's not a top five quarterback right now without a question. You look at what Ken Walker's doing, you can't tell him he's not a top 10 running back in this league right now through right. a couple of weeks that he's played. Everyone on this team is humming and they believe that no one can stop them. And who's to say that someone can? They played a pretty good defense today and they did whatever they wanted to. <laughs> if they wanted to do an outs- a-, a toss outside, positive yards. If they want to run right up the middle, positive yards. The second half, that first drive was great. They took 11 minutes off the clock, and they just ran the football. They just said, we're going to hand the ball off, and you're not going to be able to stop us no matter what you do. They brought in their fat men, didn't matter. They brought down the safety, Derwin James, didn't matter. Because you know what we're doing a play action. Every time they tried to counter, the Seahawks were like, yeah, we'll one-up you here. And they just did it and did it. Now, of course, it didn't result in seven, but they chewed the hell out of that clock, left only, I think, one minute or three minutes left in the quarter, and they put up three. I love that drive. I know a lot of people are probably thinking, nah, Chris, I want six. You know what? Let's see if they can improve on that the next game have another drive like that where they get a touchdown instead. But to see that on Sunday against the Chargers, for them to come out in the second half, their first possession, do whatever they want down the field and get points, I thought that was really, really impressive. I thought that also sent another message like, yeah, we're doing what we want to do. Stop us. Oh, you can't? Cool.
1: Yeah, On Twitter, I like to use – You'll see me tweet, like, the term big boy, like, big boy drive or a big boy play. Like, usually I say big boy drive because you can kind of feel when drives are big. You know, I don't believe momentum is a thing, like, from week to week. But I do believe, like, in the moment, momentum is very real. And they've had a few really big momentum offensive drives that have been really encouraging um, that should be sustainable with how good the offense has been. Like, so last week, it was after the block punt touchdown. The offense comes right back down and scores a touchdown. I'm pretty sure this week it was, I think they scored right after the safety. I want to, I want to say, no, they got a three and out, excuse me, after the safety, um, which was a big one on defense today. It's the drive you're talking about. It's like, all right, man, let's give our defense a break. And they do. And get, yeah, chew, chew all that clock. Like you can feel when those are supposed to happen. And the guys say it after the, after the games, it's like, yeah, no, we, we, we can read the game. It's like reading the room. Like, nah. oh, we could sure use a long-ass drive right now, <laughs> um, you know, or even their even their drive at the end of the first half. Like, they got the ball about four minutes left, and you can kind of feel they were like, we need to sustain this drive. Now, they, end, they ended up scoring on the uh, Marquise touchdown where uh, J.C. Jackson hurts his knee. But th- those are important, too, because you're not going to score on every drive. You're not going to have a home run every drive. But sometimes you will just be like, all right, our defense isn't having it today, or the other team just got a big play. We need to either have the ball for a long time or get a big play back. You can feel those. And the good teams recognize that and go go execute. So uh, there's just been – there's, there's, there's just, again, there's sustainability in some of the things that, that are happening. You know, they're, they're recognizing – like I, that 13 personnel package, I, I can't really stress enough about that because earlier in the year they had certain tendencies. When they were in the 13 personnel, they were usually just putting D on the field and then running it or putting D on the field and then play action rollouts. Now they're going. they can go 13 and then start under center, be really tight. Geno can audible. Now they're there's empty. They're yeah. empty 13 personnel. That's crazy. That's three tight ends running routes, you know, with, with none of them in as pass protection. And then if they need to, all three tight ends can block. You look at the look at the touchdown by uh Ken, the 74 yarder. Will clears out the edge. Colby kind of, you know. Gives him a lead a little, little, little bit down the runway and he gone. Like that's that that's crazy, you know. So if DK does have to miss a lot of time, that's a big deal. I mean, I act like DK don't matter. DK does matter a lot, but they're not as they don't think they're as screwed as I imagined, pretty much, you know. And that's that's encouraging, man, because when you can run the ball like that and you can do a lot of things out of like only a few personnel groupings, that's also very important. And if you got guys who can win some one-on-one matchups, whether it's Colby, whether it's Noah. Whether it was Will, whether it was Marquise or even D. Yeah, man. This offense is for real. All the defense had to do was get their shit together. <laughs> for real. I think Daryl Taylor said it after the game. He was like, we owed it to the offense. They did. Yeah. They were being unfair to the offense. They were making the offense have to score 30 every week just to be competitive. And that's unfair to them. You should they should be able to only get like 23 and win. Today, how many how many points did the Chargers offense score today?
2: What is 21? it? Yeah, outside of the safety, yeah,
1: yeah, t- twenty-one. That should be able to do it at least every once in a while, every other week. You should be able to like, all right, we only got twenty-three today. Is that cool? Yep, <laughs> We ain't gonna allow more than twenty-three. So I think that that's the defense is holding up its end of the bargain, man. And if that's that's very very encouraging, man. They are they are a team that's not to be to be messed with at least by not by none of the teams on their schedule.
2: <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't I, be scared
1: of on the schedule right now, but the Chiefs.
2: As I told you off wax, I think I'm done picking against these boys. They're just gonna have to lose, and I'll just take it. You know what? I picked the game for them to lose, for them to win. They lost it. It is what it is. I'm moving to the next week because man, I am struggling with these game picks. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not. I'm not looking too hot as a as an expert picker. I don't even <laughs> want to talk about
1: my record. Yeah, let's let's move on to the next topic
2: but of course our next topic is always a household and fan favorite and that is Twitter questions because I think it's important that we get to hear from listeners of Seahawks man-to-man get to hear what they want to know and it's just also a good time to vibe with us so we're going to go ahead and get that rolling here Mike we got quite a few so let's see where do we start what is something the Seahawks can do to keep this momentum going, and how far can it take them? This is from Kezi one eight seven. Um,
1: I think that the main thing is to continue to convert on third downs with whoever. That's the big part. I think is you can't like Tyler had some really big third down catches today, but it can't just be Tyler. Like sometimes third down play will have to be from Marquise like I, or, or D. Or Colby. Like, I think the third down, the first uh, touchdown today to Marquise was for Marquise. Yeah, it looks like, I don't even know if Gino even looked over there. Like, you have to have plays like that. On defense, you have to continue to stop the run. Because I do think that the dime package is offering so much versatility, man. It's not always going to work, uh, but it just allows them to do so much. They can disguise. They can play cover one. They can play cover two. They can play cover three, cover four, which they don't do a ton, but cover six, cover eight, cover nine, which they did, I think, today. So, those two things, man, third downs are just so, so big, because those are momentums, like, it's deflating when the other team, when you give up a third down on defense, you know, and it's deflating, or it's like deflating to the offense when they have to walk off the field and see the punt team run on, you know, so I think that's how you have to sustain it, is uh, and on third down, it's so It got to be someone different making that play on defense too. Mike Jackson might be the guy, or it could be Quandre, or it could be Puna batting the ball down, or Daryl getting a sack, or whatever the hell is it. You know, I think there's. There's so many guys that can make plays in that personnel package because there's so much speed uh, on the field, man. I think the third downs that has to be that has to be it. If you're a good third down offense and a good third down defense, you'll be a great team. Our next one left- doesn't fuck it up.
2: My bad. This next one is from Michael McNewhouse. Do you guys think Ryan Neal can be the strong safety of the future?
1: I don't know about that. I I still think you roll with Jamal. One, because you you invested all that money. But two, when healthy, Jamal's a good football player. You know? Um, Ryan is basically proven to be like the the Jason Terry or like Jamal Crawford, J.R. Smith of their Seahawks team. And that he's like the sixth man. You know like when he comes in when somebody go down he can come in and basically be a starter you know yeah. on a team that's really good so um i know ryan would, would like to start he loves playing ball but i think when you invest that much in jamal and and he is a good player when he is healthy i think you have to still account, account for him being you know that guy uh the tricky part is convincing ryan to stay in the off season if he keeps balling eventually another team's gonna be like we could use a safety
2: yeah. you know and
1: and pay him starting money and give him you know a, Make him a starter. That that's the the scenario you kind of gotta worry about. But I think that you still gotta roll with Jamal um in the future. We can worry about that later though. Right now, shout out to Ryan, man. Like he again on in that dime package, he could be anything. He could be a safety, he could be the deep safety, which he does sometimes. He can be a linebacker, like he did on that pick. He was basically a weak side linebacker. Uh and then he can blitz like he you know showed last week too. So I, I think right now just we just gotta appreciate what Ryan's bringing, uh, but long term, I think it's still it's still gotta be Jamal. Just if no, for no other reason, the investment you can't have that much money uh, on the pine. You just can't you just can't do that. And you can still use Ryan in the dime package even with Jamal. You know, so like it's not like you, it's a totally an either
2: or thing. This one is from Nathan Thomas at Nathan Thomas 02. How would you evaluate Cody Barton?
1: Okay. okay. Uh, I have to watch it again i think cody was fine you know i think that he was he was uh good in coverage um and in the run game uh when he was out there you saw them kind of experiment with the peso package uh again they did ran a little bit of that they went away from it they gave up some explosives in it that was an issue um one of them was uh boy mafe lined up against eckler uh out in the flat that's one of the flaws of that that package because a pass catching running back can kill you um but I'll say this for Cody today: the touchdown is not his fault. The touchdown, you know, what I'm talking about, Chris. To the, the, the be Williams. honest,
2: bro, I didn't even care because there was no time. Like the Seahawks were just like, bro, they're. I know I'm, I'm talking a- about the Mike Williams touchdown, not the one in the flat. Oh, the Mike Williams on the drag where Tariq's chasing that one. Yeah, like I know, like everyone, I tweeted that Tariq
1: gave up a touchdown his first of the year, which he did. That's that's man to man. Cody's back is to the now. Should Cody have turned around and make the tackle? Oh, maybe, uh, but that's a that's not his guy.
2: You know, they're not playing. Zone. Oh, yeah. He's supposed to be that's, first. yeah. If they're man to man and someone runs, but no, it's man to man. You guard who's in front of you, don't get beat. If someone else gets beat, that's not your responsibility.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: It's that simple. He sh-
1: <laughs> should he have turned around and help a little faster? Yeah. But at the same time, he doesn't know that the ball's been thrown and caught. You
2: yeah. Know, it, that's Unless, the
1: thing with man to man. You have your back to the defense you know i mean excuse me to the quarterback so the awareness there wasn't great towards the end but that's that's a touchdown to given up by Tariq. so i think cody's uh cody was fine today like he was it wasn't like oh man there's 57 guy not great uh i thought i thought he was fine uh today i think that still their best personnel grouping the dime package is just so good man like i think that's 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 really gonna be a game changer for them and uh, and it maximizes Daryl Taylor too because if you notice their 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 early down stuff is mostly Voye, like they played Bruce Lucena, who had a really good game again uh their early down stuff is those other guys and third down really maximizes Ryan and it maximizes Daryl um and then Kobe Bryant's a position to make some plays too so yeah I think um I think Cody's fine but the 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 other packages highlight other guys. And I think that's just as important, if not more important, than how Cody's doing right now.
2: This is from Cody Marmon at Cody underscore Marmon. How do you think Yuchena Nuwosu's signing has helped elevate Daryl Taylor's game? I don't or has I, it?
1: I don't yeah, I don't think those two are connected. I think the thing that's helped Darryl is is uh having Clint, you know, be honest with him after he wasn't playing well earlier. Like hey, well, this this is not cool. We expect more of you than what you are giving us. And then just like unlocking him as a pass rusher, which was hard to do when they weren't stopping the run. So they weren't stopping the run. So you can't, you know, unlock Daryl. Like if Daryl right now is just like, all right, all right, DT, it's third down, go kill somebody. Bet. Particularly when he's rushing against right tackles. Because I think he told me last year that because he's right-handed, he likes rushing from that side, I believe. I have to go back and find it. But uh, he says it after the Colts game. I'm pretty sure, uh, week one last year He, from that side I think both of his, I think all three of his sacks Have come from that side, I want to say I know the Cardinals one did last week And so did the uh, And so did the one today Coming against the other team's right tackle uh, Yeah, that's that. That's that, That's what's really unlocking him The, o- the stuff is fine The Bruce signing is probably good But I think really what's helping him is like Hey man you going to play some early downs, too, but, like, your focus is to go kill somebody when, it's to, when when we stop the run. Can you do that? Hell yeah. And then he goes and makes it happen.
2: This one is from hawk 75 How many years in a row is it now that the defense wasn't so good first and then they end up turning around after four to five weeks? Are they trying new stuff yearly and it never works out? And then they revert to what worked before? Why not stick with what has worked from the start? Um, there's a few things so in 2019 they
1: traded for Quandre that obviously was a big change Um, 2020 they had some injuries early like they lost Bruce in week two lost Marquise in week two lost who else did they lose Jordan got hurt in week three Jamal got hurt in week three they, they they were just they got really banged up early and it just it just didn't just didn't work. Um, that was they were playing KJ at defensive end, like that that was really tough. And then when it was so they weren't they weren't playing super well. Then they couldn't stop the run. Oh, actually they did stop the run, but couldn't rush the passers. And they had to go get Carlos. It wasn't that they were trying a bunch of new stuff. They just got healthier. Uh, I think I think Shaquille Griffin missed like four weeks uh, in that in that stretch uh, as well in 2020. So that was a personnel thing more than scheme. Uh, I want to say having DJ Reed in the lineup helped too. that was personnel 2021 was more personnel as well they got rid of Trey Flowers started playing Ryan Neal more ding 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 Uh, (laughs) Trey Brown got in there Um, so it's not that they were just it's something different each time really that's what made it it's made it tricky Um, and so I think that that's been the big part of it this year it's like it was something new this year all of a sudden this year they can't stop the run <laughs> so then i was like all right how do we fix that problem so then they fix that problem and then it helps everything else so it's not just like oh something clicks in week seven that's not the case it's been something different personnel stuff injury stuff um each time it's not good i'm not that's not making excuses that's, that's terrible you should not start off no. bad every year uh pete said it today he was like i'm sorry it took so long like it shouldn't but here we are um it's like that. It's very weird that they've started off poorly so many years in a row, but I think I think they're slowly flipping the midseason switch. Um, I don't think it's fully, 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 fully flipped yet. Um, it's getting there, but I think that they're on the right path. Uh, but yeah, it's this is like year four in a row that they've that they've been bad, uh, and then you know tur- turned it around. We'll see. We'll see against the Giants. If they can if they can shut down Saquon next week. It's like oh man, <laughs> these guys are really bad.
2: Mm. this one's from holly at hallberry03 do you think the defense has officially turned the corner
1: so like i said i want to see it against saquon uh i do and just that whole o-line i think they got banged up a little bit today the giants o-line did i gotta check um i just want to see it uh against them and i want to see just more punts i want to see more punts more quarterback pressures Uh, like they're they're doing a good job just like you said earlier start the show consistency just keep the good defenses are the consistent ones you know the good offenses too actually uh but that's it i just want to see more consistency uh more of their pack. they're the being good up front like no matter what personnel grouping you're in like their nickel stuff Uh, I still want to see that be a little bit better against the run. Like, I knew Austin Eckler was going to score on that one play. I was like, oh, look at the front. Four down. (laughs) Eckler walks right in. So, I want to see that consistency there. But the third down numbers, those can stay like they are, man. That's going to convince me. I just want to keep seeing it. I just want to keep seeing it. Uh, And if, man, I just want to see more Ryan Neal, man. That dude is a... That that dude is a baller, man. Because the, the, when the pressure that they're bringing on that package, it's not just him; it's everybody. But when it's dime, I'm like, oh, these guys are about to get off the field. Like that. One, the more I see it, that the more I'll be convinced that they they flipped the switch.
2: This one is from Young Slick X. My dog Trey Brown is supposed to be coming back soon. With the defense playing better, is there any chance we see Trey back Trey back on the field? It's tough, man. I want to see Trey Brown back
1: on the field, too, but it's not like there's a lot of bad play in the secondary to just make that an obvious situation. Like, Mike Jackson is playing solid. Tariq is obviously playing solid. Corner is not the problem, man. I got got to start giving Pete the benefit of the doubt, man, because it's been a few years now in a row that I've just had little faith in the cornerback room, and he he just keeps delivering. Like, Tariq is that guy mike should have had two picks today uh like the second one is just bad like you gotta catch that i told him I was like bro you gotta gotta yeah he's like yeah no that's bad i gotta catch that uh but they're playing well you know i went i went back and watched some of the falcons game i was like man mike mike gave up a deep ball on a weird like double move but he also like almost picked a deep ball like almost stole it from drake london in the end zone like he's he's a really good and he's good against the run um, teams basically just can't run outside because Mike's going to later they're, they're, they're running back down so yeah I want Trey to play too but Mike is holding down his spot Tariq is uh, uh, in the running for defensive rookie of the year there's just not a lot of ob- Kobe's doing good because you see today that Kobe wanted to run back that interception that he had
2: uh, I don't even blame him I, yeah, if, he- I, if I am Quandre I'm probably blocking for him hey bro let's just get it i'm not Hey, you know what We're, we got a nice lead i get it see if you could take it back it'd be 103 yards go ahead man go ahead and see what it's like to run one back from that distance you'll never do it again you'll, <laughs> you'll take a knee next time you'll be like damn that was a long run if i do it just take a but knee yeah, that was funny as hell man <laughs> get your ass down. what you doing <laughs> oh did you, guys, did you get a chance to talk to any of those guys about it after the game i did not get to talk to, uh, okay.
1: a chance to talk to either of those guys man um
2: I couldn't even find Quandre after
1: the game. Um, but yeah, that, that was really funny. I think the play <laughs> ended up getting called back anyway because Uchenna was sides. But
2: yeah,
1: it was just funny to see it. Like he was like, hey, we, don't, we could almost hear Quandre. Like, get your ass down. <laughs> <laughs> hey, little <laughs>
2: man, get down.
1: <laughs> I, I'd have been like, nah, man, we going to the apartments. Come on, man. We we out of here. We,
2: we yeah, here. I, I know if I was playing, I'm I'm running it back. Quandre would have to tackle my ass. Do you, yeah. remember, do you remember when it was in the bubble, Lakers? In the championship, Rondo was going for a layup. He's supposed to throw it to LeBron, and LeBron went over to fake block it in the game for a lay-in. Do you remember that? Rondo yeah, had yeah, a right, right, yeah. same Same attitude. Like, you're going to have to tackle me, Quandre. I'm trying to I'm trying to score, bro.
1: <laughs> Get these stats up, baby. Come you know? on, man. We <laughs> can't the only rookie balling, man. But, no, that was, that, was, that, was, that was funny. Man. But, yeah, there's just no room right now, obvious room for Trey. Like, Trey's going to have to earn it. Not to say he won't, but the, the Seattle secondary is playing a uh, really good ball right now.
2: This one is from Joey at yogur underscore. So it's at yo underscore G E R yogur. Question for the pod What are the chances Seahawks lock in Defensive Rookie of the Year in Tariq and then Offensive Rookie of the Year for KW Trey?
1: Uh, so, man, I, I think I, I got to find it. I, was, I said in the offseason, like, if Ken gets a shot, he'll be in the running for Rookie of the Year. I, I, offensive I felt that oh, in part because there's no good quarterbacks in the class. Quarterbacks always have the, the head start on the rest of the positions, but it's because there's no quarterbacks playing. And now Kenny Pickett is, um, but based on what I've seen, Kenny ain't about to win. <laughs> 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 Kenny is not about to win offensive of rookie year. And uh, unfortunately, Brees Hall uh, looks like he blew his ACL out. That's unfortunate. Um, huh. So you're basically down to probably Garrett Wilson, Damian Pierce in Houston. And then um, who's the other? I'm missing somebody. Oh, Alave in um, New Orleans. And then Kent. Kent's right there,
2: man. That dude is different. You see them jump cuts he's making. He reminds me. They said it on the on the broadcast. Le'Veon Bell. You know that's, how what, Le'Veon that's what Quentin did. Jefferson
1: said after the game to me. He was like, he's yeah. just like Le'Veon. He's patient. He's patient. Yeah, he's right not there. in a rush. <laughs> no, and he because he said the thing about that is Quentin Jefferson was telling me he was like the thing is you see him right like if you're a, think if you're a d lineman you see him and you and, you know you shoot your gap and then he'll cut next thing you know he's in the other gap and you're like well damn now i'm out of position well now he's gone and then if you get to him you can't always bring him down
2: so yeah, you saw that on one of the runs today he carried a db or maybe it was a linebacker for six yards and then the old line just pushed him over for the first his legs just keep turning he is a strong dude man
1: yeah, uh, he said. He said before he had to do the podium, he was like, "Man, I hate interviews." I look, you better get used to. Them. <laughs> so you keep Damn. running like that, you are gonna be on the podium every week.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you know? for sure.
1: He he would rather just talk at his locker with no cameras and everything. He's like, I, I was like, "Can you do the podium?" He was like, "Yeah." What, what you don't like the podiums? Like, I just don't like interviews. I was like, well, look, brother, you <laughs> might to, you about to win NFC Player of the Week. <laughs> So you get, you get used to them uh used to them interviews, brother. Uh do they
2: do they give a speech if they win it, win the offensive player rookie of the year? I'm sure they gotta give a nice little speech, right? Not an interview, but gotta go up there and talk, give, right? You don't gotta give a
1: speech, but it's like you're gonna have to do a podium thing. When yeah. you I was like, dude, you had 160 yards. You're gonna have to get on the podium. Like you keep running like that, you know, you you're 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 uh, you're you're gonna have to do it. Uh I can't remember what the question was. Did we answer the question? We the
2: question? did uh the, the question? question was can Tariq woolen can he win defensive rookie of the oh, year yes yes um yeah Tariq. so because
1: Brees hall is out of the equation now unfortunately that's big for the offensive rookie of the year thing because the new york bias is probably going to be pretty heavy like if it was between ken and a new york running back um that would be you know kind of tough especially because the jets are good um the, the, on the flip side of that with Tariq, it'll be really interesting to see how his numbers continue to stack up with sauce He's going to give us a dude named Sauce. For one.
2: Dude in named New York. Sauce. Yeah,
1: in the New York market when the Jets are good. I believe the Jets won again today. Yeah. Um, yes. And the, I think their defense played well again. Um, yes. Great news for Russell Wilson, boy. Because Brett Rippon would have balled out. Woo! Um, anyway. So I think it's possible. I think the Saints did it in 2017 with Marshawn Lattimore and uh, Alvin Kamara winning uh, on their respective Rookie of the Year uh, award. So it's doable I think it's very possible I was telling somebody in the locker room after the game I was like you guys could do it you you guys can you guys can do it Ken is that real and Tariq is just that much of a a ball player man so um sneaky defensive rookie of the year option though is Jack Jones of the Patriots that's this this pod's coming out Monday watch that dude I don't know what number he is but you'll see Jack Jones of the Patriots that dude is nice uh, watch him. He might, he might give Justin Fields fits on Monday night football.
2: All right. Our next one comes from Zach Gabell. Should the Seahawks look into trading for Brian Burns from the Panthers? Give them more strong pass on the edge. What are your thoughts there, Mike? Uh, No, not if, not if the Panthers want two first round picks.
1: <laughs> That's the report. Easy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Our, our, uh, Joe Pearson of the uh, athletic, our Panthers guy, he he, he confirmed the report from Schefter and Rappaport that was like, yeah, they want two first-round picks. They've already turned down two first-round picks from one team. I don't know who offered that, uh, but yeah, two first-round picks for Brian Burns. Brian's a good player, a really good player, but I'm not, I'm not giving, I'm not giving that up. Uh, not, not when you can get contributions from so many other places with your, with your, with your rush package. Like I think your rush package being Daryl Uchenna. And then being able to mix it up with all those blitzers, I think they're I think they're fine.
2: Okay, this one is from Bib Fate. Who should the Seahawks look at available for wide receiver? Maybe trade or signing with Metcalf out for unknown time, or will the receivers on the roster be manageable? Yeah,
1: I think you should always be looking um, at that position because I think you can plug and play guys in um, at some spots um pretty easy uh there i know chemistry and all that timing yeah i know but some dudes are just just good like if you can call the jets and see what they want for elijah moore if if dk has to be out for um extended uh period of time in particular um especially since i think i think he and dk are homies I, I, they overlapped at old miss i believe uh at least to the point that you know how dk did that fire hydrant thing where he pretends to like piss on a hydrant uh he did that in college in their rivalry game i remember I think oh this, wow okay there's just like the egg bowl or something like that it's like them in mississippi state dk did it got a penalty and then a couple years later elijah did it too i think it ended up costing the team a game which is kind of funny i think their kicker ended up screwing up because it was during a touchdown and it pushed the pat back or something anyway like they're cool enough for it's like you know elijah showing uh tribute to him in that regard yeah so if elijah's available um the steelers for some reason don't want to give up chase claypool um i don't understand that you got pickens you got deontay johnson you have your track record as a franchise with drafting receivers whether it's going from heinz war to emmanuel sanders to ab to juju to claypool to johnson to pickens like those dudes can they've got the receiver thing down so I, if you can get him um you know call odell always call odell shit odell's on tour going across the whole league <laughs> you,
2: you know, look like a uh, tight end now
1: <laughs> yeah like call call him um again this is if guys are uh if, if dk has to uh miss miss any time yeah uh poke poke around i don't really think they should call the texans uh for um for brandon cooks uh, that's probably gonna cost too much he always gets traded for a first round pick i feel like <laughs> brandon Cooks has been traded like three times so i think those are those are the guys that you uh you look at i don't the Broncos probably won't trade your Jerry Judy uh, <laughs> at, at this point, uh, but if they, if if they'll listen, again, this is all DK insurance. Uh, but if DK is fine, you're you good. Just roll, you roll what you got. But if if he has to miss some time, as much as I talked up them their pick your poison offense, you can never have too many guys. We were the same two dudes who were like, oh, they have DK and Tyler, sign Odell. You know what I mean? This <laughs> yeah, last no last year, with that. <laughs> yeah. The team, the team with Robert Woods. And Cooper Cup signed Odell last year.
2: And what happened? Made it the Super Bowl and won. <laughs>
1: yeah, so like that's that uh, that I think you can never have too many weapons uh, in that regard. So those are the names that jump out to me uh, off top. There may be some more, but I think they should look to AFC teams first because those are the teams more likely to deal with you. Uh, and then uh, guys who are on rookie deals, like I, I think Claypool is, and I think a Eli- lot, I know Elijah Moore is too. Guys like that are the ideal.
2: This one is from Cade underscore Ashby. Not to get down after a great win, seems like our punt returns have been underwhelming. DJ and Tyler have three return for 15 yards, four fair catches, and the rest have been waved or waved off or downed. Am I overthinking this, or is there anything they can improve on?
1: Yeah, I think that they they've, they've uh, they don't have like an obvious answer there. Um, DJ Reed was really good back there because he was really shifty. Like I feel like straightaway speed is important more for kickoffs because you get that you get about 15 yards before anybody is near you, before you have to make a cut, you know. Whereas when you're when you're the punt guy, you gotta make a dude miss within like what two seconds, you know? So I feel like you need a shiftier dude back there. Whereas DJ's cool, DJ Dells is cool. Tyler's not like super shifty. Um, he just has really reliable hands, uh, for for the most part. Uh somebody made a uh, did you see that, Chris? Somebody made a uh, like a highlight reel of all the time. Tyler has the ball and it fell
2: down. Fell down. That's, the, um, that's the smart man. That's the smartest
1: man in the league, boy. He's going to play until
2: like, he's 40 at wide receiver. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, no, it's just really, it was just really funny to see him all clip, clip together. Uh, another guy, I don't know if uh, wide receivers. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm going back to the last question because we did a thing at The Athletic where we wrote down, everybody had to name a trade candidate. Amari Rogers from the Packers uh, at receiver. You could consider him uh as well. Uh but no, I, I think that you know what's funny? The guy who should be back there on punts is Ken Walker. <laughs> like that's realistically, you think about it, he is the shiftiest dude that they have, you know, back there. Like it should be him. Uh him or Quandre, but you're not you won't put either of those guys back there. So. No D? Uh D D's not super shifty. He's fast, straight line. I think. Yeah, one Um,
2: cut. He's out of there. Hit the hole,
1: homie. I feel like you got to make multiple on punt. I think you got to dance a little bit more.
2: If you uh, make the first guy miss, if you make the first guy miss, and your punt coverage does their job, you can make one dude miss and hit a hole. AB's done it a million times when he was at Pittsburgh. He made one dude miss, hit a hole. You're right. AB was generational, though, like as a punt returner. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying, you, you mentioned the straight line speed. Of course, he had to have good blocking, but he would literally catch it Make a guy miss, usually the the first dude miss, hit that hole, and then it was like, Yeah, hey, that's curtains. Don't kick to that guy.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, I just think you need it's like a tough a, one. It depends. Like, it's your point. Point. like like David Moore was kind of good at it too, because he had that dead leg. You know, like it was a cut. Like Mike Davis has a, the dead leg where you like it's like almost like the sham god in basketball. Like that you need that. I think the best person for it is Ken. So yeah, you might just we might just have to live with just not a dynamic punt return in group right now.
2: This one is from Hawks fan 206. What was your favorite defensive play of the game on Sunday? And what was our favorite offensive play from the game on Sunday? Uh, both of us? Yeah.
1: You want to go first?
2: Yes. My offensive play favorite one was Marquise Goodwin's first touchdown. Beautiful ball from Geno and just an amazing route. The way Marquis sold it, man, that was really impressive, really was. You were thinking he's doing something else, and then he just shaves it off the top, fade route. Gino just another good ball. All he has to do is turn around and catch it, got his feet in. That was really cool to see, especially because I didn't expect it. Third down, I'm thinking "Eh, they're probably going to maybe throw it short of the sticks. I didn't expect him to go for a touchdown, (laughs) and it was executed perfectly. That is my favorite offensive play. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, So I think my
1: favorite offensive
2: play today—that's tough. There was
1: some, there was some good ones today. I would probably go. It's crazy. My Gino, Gino's best throw today. This is going to be a weird one. I think Gino's best throw today was the the one that Noah Fan dropped. Like I don't know. I don't mean defenders. (laughs) Dog, that he throws that with anticipation over the middle under pressure i think and it hits noah in the hands like i remember saying it in the press box like noah's got to catch that and i think it was somebody who was sitting to my left i think it was matt Calkins of the seattle times he was like uh uh, hold on i think oh i thought they were coming for the housekeeping um i think it was matt he's sitting next to me he was like nah that's tough ball guy got in there and then they showed a replay he was like no 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 you're right right they hit him in the hands and i was like yes i could see that in real time that was a ball yeah. A great ball today, Don't Gino. Gino made some questionable ones today, like that one Asante Samuel almost
2: picked off the, uh, Ooh, the man. He the diving on the out route, across the body. Well, not across the body, but ash, Yeah, that's tough. That's a, that's
1: a dang – You need a laser to you get better that throw in. like
2: Cam Newton. Yeah, you need a you need a, a gun
1: to get that My in. Like yeah, Cam Newton. <laughs> that was one. Of, that was probably one of Gino's better throws. That just that that was just a great
2: great throw with a uh, uh, anticipation. Uh, so what you got on defense? So defense, I gotta go with that first, fourth down stuff. They go for it on fourth and inches and Al Woods and the gang just stuff it. Cause that ignited, I think, what just led to a beatdown. <laughs> just defensively and offensively. I, I like that was that was huge. Cause if they don't get that, Chargers probably go down and score seven nothing. You're thinking, oh damn, here we go. A good offense. The Ox are in trouble. And then Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are back. Oh boy, it might be a long afternoon on Sunday. But Al Woods doing what he does best all season long, holding down the fort, holding down the middle in those gaps. He did it again. Team, the rest of the players rally, turnover on downs. And I think that was just a big, big, big play.
1: Yeah, I think mine on defense will probably be, you know, this is this is tough. I think it'll be if you remember, Chris, uh Herbert is almost sacked. It's third and 10 he's almost sacked by um uh he's almost sacked by yeah, it see I, yeah he's almost sacked by
2: chenna uh let me see if i can grab him over the head and should have been a face mask <laughs> but they missed it <laughs> oh that should have been a face mask oh yeah he yanked the hell out of his face mask
1: <laughs> oh dang uh it don't matter the rest were questionable
2: down. today they weren't the best but it is what it is so the one i want to
1: show here is uh let me put it in here it's third and ten and this was just really good coverage but it's uh it's third and ten and i think it ends up being a no gain play uh but if you look at like our our, our uh, youtube audience can see it like oh yeah that is a face mask. but the coverage was so good like the rush and coverage work so well together and it's just like that that is what i wanted to see uh uh from these guys like i want to see the rush and coverage consistently work well uh, together. Like, I know that angle I just showed you to, show you to all 22, but like, we were supposed we, uh we didn't schedule any conflicts. We didn't get a chance to do our um, our plays of the week from the Cardinals game. The one I was going to use from last week was going to be the, uh, it was Uchenna's sack. And if you look at Uchenna's sack, it was Kyler's first read is open. It was going to be Zach Ertz, but Jordan Brooks just. Felt Ertz right next to him and slid over. That gave him that gave Luchenna just enough time. And it's like, that's it. That's rush and coverage working together. And mm-hmm. there was an example against the Falcons where they didn't do that. Cody Barton doesn't feel the tight end right behind him. And it ends up being like a 23-yard gain. All Cody had to do was feel him slide into the window, and it would have been a sack. Like those are, you know, we're asking oh, what changed on defense? It's just little things. Ain't even nothing huge. It's just playing a little bit better ball you know i've been i have been asking for weeks who's gonna play better how much better can you reasonably ask them to play and when's that gonna start and i think the coverage on the the, the third and ten on that particular one uh that ended up being an eckler play for no gain and then the coverage on Uchenna's sack those are the plays those are the plays that that's winning football it ain't a splash play well the sack is kind of a splash play but you know what i mean like that yeah. that's the change that you want to see in the defense
2: this one is from Who is Coontz? How would you rank this draft class and the Pete Carroll, John Schneider tenure?
1: Ooh, that's fun. I still think, like, as, as, as high as I am on the draft class, twenty twelve is just come on. That's just there's two Hall of the Famers in it. There's two Hall of the Famers in it. That's I just can't, I can't, I can't get get by that. Age 20, 2010 it's got golden cam this is like i think i said before this one 2022 has a chance to be like 2010 uh which had one hall of famer in it uh which is which is earl and then it's just a bunch of really solid players with cam uh who's a hall of fame finalist and then uh, golden uh russell okum that's the other big one in that uh, 2011 had one hall of famer in it and then the ring of honor guy so i think this one has the potential for what would you say Polly, three Ring of Honor guys. It's early.
2: It's early. I, I don't need. I I'm enjoying the moment. I'm gonna be honest. I I, I don't want to put. I don't want to put these guys in expectation roles to be Ring of Honor. I just want to enjoy and see what they do for their first year. Right now, these dudes look really good. Pete, and John, they hit money. I love what I'm saying. Let's just see how the season ends, and then we can take it from there. I don't want to throw too much out there, I, cause then certain things happen we all know it's 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 a tough game i just want to enjoy it enjoy the moment right now and that's what i'm going to do enjoy watching what the seahawks have done with this 2022 draft class because they killed on the o-line yeah Tariq Woolen. god i wasn't even supposed to be starting everyone's like he's raw he ain't, he ain't starting boys out there starting and ain't giving up nothing except for the touchdown on sunday on a little crossing route which was a great just a great scheme by the chargers Send dudes crossing, just make it tough. They know you're probably, You're gonna play man in that tight area. I, smart play by them, but outside of that, I'm not gonna put any expectations on these dudes. But to answer the question, it's good. It's up there, as you said. It's it's up there for sure.
1: I think it's a. I'll put these expectations on them for sure because I think <laughs> I, I feel you. I just I'm just willing to do it. I think with what I see from Tariq, man, that's that's that's. There's nothing. There's no ceiling on that. There's none. Just because we ain't never seen that before, we've never seen that that length, those ball skills, that speed. Yeah, nah. That dude can be him. And I think I don't that the know. other, the other Ring of Honor candidates would be Aiden Charles. I think just guys who can just be really consistent for a long time. I think that's that, those are the those are the two candidates. For me.
2: Did you play Madden 2006 at all, Mike? Do you remember that game? Is that the one with uh, Sean Alexander on the front? Uh, Madden 6 that was Donovan McNabb on the front.
1: Oh, no, I ain't not played that one that much.
2: Well, they had a superstar mode. And so in the superstar mode, you can, you do everything. So you, you create your player, you choose your parents. So you could have your, you know, for example, Mike, maybe your mom ran track, your dad played college football. So you probably have some speed. If Tariq was created in, in Madden superstar mode, he probably had, you know, two track parents, both competed, 100-meter dash, because that dude is a freak of nature, man. As you mentioned, his length and speed, combine all of that, and as you said, you ain't never seen nothing like that. That's You're pretty much making a, a new version of Deion Sanders, but taller, if you think about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, but he's got, like, he's got, like, Percy Harvin. Faster speed no it's 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 really crazy it it reminds it's like Giannis in in the NBA it's like we just ain't seen that we've just never seen it so there's no ceiling on what it could be it's very similar to that that French kid that's supposed to be like the first pick in next year's NBA draft he's just as big as Giannis and he can dribble like come on like what 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 do do you do with that you know what I'm saying like that's why I'm super high on Tariq's ceiling I've always been high on the ceiling he just hit his floor is higher than I thought now but his ceiling is crazy.
2: This one is from Sam Demko. Our thoughts of a playoff birth plus a top five pick from the Broncos starting to pop into the head? Yo, shout out to Sam. We went to high school together,
1: man. Sam also uh, recently beat cancer. Um, oh, congratulations, man. That's dope. Uh, how long ago? But he did, man. Shout out to, the, shout out to Sam, man. I see you, big dog. Thank you for tuning in. Um, yeah, I don't know if it'll be a top five pick from Denver, but I do think this was – this was always the scenario that I considered best case for the Seahawks. It wasn't that tanking bullshit. People kept talking about, nah, Mike, let's just lose, 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 build for next year. Young guys, we were, Chris, me and you were always saying that's ridiculous. Losing is bad. Bad. <laughs> you that don't want bad. That. <laughs> There's no scenario where losing is good. This is, the, we don't have, when you have a, a, we don't do a show. <laughs> right. When you have another team's first round pick, your your, your best case is you win and they lose that was always the case it's always the case the eagles are in a similar scenario i think they have the saints first round pick uh you know same thing for the texans right now the texans have all of the browns picks forever you know like you should you want to you root for your team to win and the team whose first round pick you hold to lose always the best case i don't think it'll be a top five pick but that is what you want and i think what that really does to answer Sam's question is it allows you not to have to take in that scenario where your pick is in like your pick is like 27 or something 20 anywhere from 23 to 27 and the Broncos pick is anywhere from five to 11 in that scenario you uh you don't have to take a quarterback with the first pick you know what i mean like if if you if you end up you know losing in the second round of the playoffs That means Geno played well enough so that you could at least start 2023 with him and you can maybe take a rookie in the second round or something like that. You know, that's the best version of that to answer Sam's question is that because in the other way around, if Denver's pick is like 26 and your pick is like eight, you probably need to take CJ Stroud or Will Levis or whoever, whoever the hell. You got to take Bryce Young if he's there, which he won't be. Like, you have to do that. The Like, to Sam's question if you're picking in the twenties and Denver's picking in the top ten and you got their pick, that's great. That means you you can roll with Gino for at least another year. You don't gotta rely on a rookie in 2023 and you can draft something else, you know, maybe another edge rusher, another linebacker, maybe. Um, I don't know. Uh I can't think off the top of my head, but you know what I mean? Like you you can just do something else with that top ten pick, which is
2: great. You don't have to take the quarterback. This one is from who is Koontz? With the retooling of the team looking like it's going upward, what position should the Seahawks look for in the draft, assuming they have a high pick due to Denver? What position, oh, well, Mike? It's got to put on the spot.
1: Uh, I still don't think you can never have enough corners. Um, I also don't. I, I I think the line is playing well, but I do think you could upgrade the interior. Like you know, like, uh, like Phil Phil Haynes is fine. I think he's in a contract year gabe jackson you you're probably want to do something with that contract after the year I, that, that's a tricky one uh, i think austin black is only on a one year maybe um and then d lou you got to figure out what to do there i feel like if there's a stud like interior guy you can afford that pick uh you can never have too many edge rushers because at that point you'll be going into the final year of uchenna's deal um and you'll be going into daryl taylor's contract year as well um, so probably edge. Actually, I think I just talked to myself into edge. Honestly, just kind of <laughs> just thinking about that. Take the best edge rusher you can. Probably with that top ten pick, if it's from if Denver has a top ten. And granted, I'm not guaranteeing Denver's just gonna stink. I still believe in Russ. Um, but as Chris likes to note, a bad hammy is the worst. the last injury you want to have. Uh, like
2: it really is. The- <laughs> it yeah. It I feel bad for Russ,
1: won. man. That's that's gonna hurt all year. All year That 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 uh, that uh that's, yeah, that's an edge Probably where you go with If you With Denver's pick Early in the draft
2: Yeah it's I know Drake Has that line I'm like a Like a bad Like a sprained ankle I ain't nothing to play with Drake If you're listening Watching The Seahawks Man to Man podcast You need to go back in And change that lyric To a bad hamstring Boy I ain't nothing to play with Cause man From experience You can't play on that the next one comes from Tony K at karate K84. Gotta admit, like many out there, thought the Seahawks should have kept Russell Pete. In fact, the last podcast you went through teams and said these teams weren't good and including the Seahawks. If the Seahawks beat the Giants and they make it consistent enough for them to be considered good yet.
1: Uh, yeah, they beat the Giants. I mean they still have a negative point differential, I think. And people who listen to this show know I'm a I'm a big point differential guy. Um, for reasons that it's I've explained. Tough, man, they 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 had
2: a rough few weeks, man. It's gonna be tough to make that up. <laughs> uh
1: well I think it's only like uh what is it? Yeah, it's it's uh they're the best team with a negative point differential. They are at they are at minus three. So it's you know, if they uh if they beat the Giants by three, they break even. Uh, so you'll be right at zero, which is where the Bucks are right now. Holy hell! The Jags are a plus 18. Mm. What? They must have kicked someone's ass earlier in the year. That doesn't make sense at all. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think you, you need a. I think you need a positive point differential to me to definitively say you were good. That is the short answer to that to that question. So I think they're right on the borderline. Um, They are not a team to be messed with, meaning that they can they can hang with anybody uh, on any given week, which is kind of how Pete Carroll teams rock anyway. Uh, But I think I want them to be in the positive point differential lane uh, and they're getting there. They're almost there. Once they get there, uh, they'll they'll be fine. Uh, Yeah, I'm looking at the Jack. Oh, the Jaguars beat they beat the Colts 24, nothing and then beat the Chargers 38 to 10. So that's that's what it is. They they have they have a, a twenty four point win and a twenty eight point win. Those are their only two wins. Uh, it's, just, it's like how the hell they get that. So yeah, just getting the getting the positive there, and then I'll I'll feel a little bit better about it. So like if they only beat the Giants by like one, like ah, we'll, we'll we'll we'll
2: see. Just getting the positive there, and then we'll talk. This one is from Jimmy at Jimmy underscore Lee one. With the Seahawks playing well you guys think there's a chance one of their games gets flexed later in the year chiefs jets the chiefs one is tricky cuz i think
1: it's on a saturday which is christmas eve, is eve. And, that's right yeah and there are there are three games on sunday on christmas day i do not know what they all are off the top of my head but i think that makes flexing a little bit tricky i think it's still doable but moving the moving the day of the game is hard you can always change the time of a game moving the day of a game is where you get uh complicated so the chiefs one probably not jets is potential but i i'd have to look at what day the uh what the other sunday games are there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into the flexing uh but yeah it's a it's a possibility uh it won't be the carolina game that's for sure uh the rams game is on a sunday uh the, the 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 december one down here in la um so that's that's a possibility i would imagine as well yeah the seahawks are good tv you know for for the most part like they don't have a ton of stinkers you know for the most part the niners game was a stinker other than that i've been entertained like if i was an objective observer they're entertaining you know the saints game was great the lions game was great the denver game was great The falcons game was entertaining um cardinals game was was all right so um yeah i think that's possible the chiefs one will be the best one but because it's on christmas eve on a saturday when they have a ton of other games on christmas uh that i think that makes that tough which sucks because that as a primetime holiday game chief seahawks would be great
2: money (laughs) this last one comes from shiv ramdas yo should i should i book my super bowl tickets yet or wait another week
1: (laughs) i think somebody else asked about that too uh a super bowl tickets um sure always buy the tickets i think i told somebody that last year you can just flip them later you know uh you can just flip them uh, you know let's say you buy the tickets now and if the super bowl ends up being like eagles bills you go find some deranged eagles fan they'll pay an arm and a leg you know for those where's the super bowl at this year um arizona? i think it's in arizona it's arizona ain't Cleveland. no it's it's arizona i think it's in arizona this year um oh that would be fun. If the Seahawks made that in Arizona, it's like, yeah, that's Arizona. Rest. Yeah, uh, you know, Always, always buy them and 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 flip them. Uh, yeah, I always do that. I will say though, there was a. I I I know I hint at this in my story. It was not him. It was a different player. It wasn't DJ. DJ Dallas. It was a different player who was like, he was looking at me like, nah, Mike, we can, we can do this. He was like, look at us. Look at. Look at what we can do When we run that ball We play this defense We really In their minds Like they really only got their ass kicked by the Niners Like that game is like a legit like Nah we They smoked us Everybody else is like Man we beat ourselves Like for various reasons Whatever it was Like that's what they think So this is a team that really thinks it can, it can get there man So I got my skepticisms obviously But uh Now they're just a team that you you just don't want to play the Seahawks because you know they're gonna give you a fight, you know, and that's the worst. That's the Giants are like that too. The Giants are just keep they give you a fight, you know. Uh, the Seahawks are that team now, like, yeah, you might beat me up, I'm gonna beat you up too, like, you know, I'm saying, like, you ain't gonna kick my ass, so yeah, go ahead, buy them tickets, buy me one too. Uh, buy Chris one too. We do the podcast on, on Radio Row uh in, in arizona yeah let's go shoot there. hopefully
2: the company takes care of that for us man we should be good if they make I it
1: if ships gonna buy them <laughs> buy the tickets for us baby come on man Seahawks family. <laughs> <laughs> Hook us up, man family make sure i get a uh, uh get a plane ticket too make sure i get a window seat that's all actually i get the plane ticket just get me the. uh just get, just just give get me, me the in football the game. ticket. yeah just give me in the game because it's, it's gonna be like three grand so yeah give give me give me in the game i don't even care where i'm sitting you know
2: Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm going to let you know right now. You buy me tickets. I got to be able to see the player's number name on the back. I don't want to be like squinting. You don't want to squint?
1: Yeah, I hear you. Who, who I hear is you. that? Ship, have got us, though. Go ahead. Buy them tickets, baby. We waiting. Tickets. I'll I'll, Send you, I'll DM waiting.
2: you my address, man.
1: <laughs> I, all I need is my email, baby. Forward them to, forward them to me. I want Ticketmaster. We good.
2: All right, well, then, ladies and gentlemen, that has been another episode of Seahawks Man-to-Man Podcast. After the Seahawks handle the San Diego. Psych, Los Angeles Chargers, 37-23. I caught you there. caught myself. We'll come back later in the week with a Giants. Seahawks and Giants. The Giants are – they only lost one game. So, if I'm not mistaken, that makes them 5-1. I think they had a bye week already. But 6-1, excuse me, 6-1. Wow, that should be another fun game. They have the run game going, so we'll figure out if the Seahawks D-line. Can step up to the plate and slow down Saquon This is getting another episode We appreciate all the love and support Mike, is there anything you want to add before we get out of here?
1: Yeah, I just want to keep the, uh, echo the love and support, man uh, we, we we can't do the pie without you guys tapping in um, We're going to use our YouTube a little bit more Like I said, we're going to try to bring back every, every week, try to talk about our favorite plays Use the all 22 to film of them Just kind of utilize, giving you something visual to see uh, Other than our pretty faces uh, as well so keep tuning in keep sending us questions um we we really appreciate that man we, that's why we dedicate most of the show to questions because we just love the the stuff you guys get us thinking about uh every week so th- thank you keep doing that like chris said we'll catch you guys later in the week with the homie dan to talk talk about the giants game until then we're out Say said to for your mama, maybe you should smoke something. Try to mail, what I was never you good at the battle It shows you a couple of things, and they've
0: been as I told you right, everything was a gift from a time to your